0: Welcome back to Looking for the Ocean, the podcast where we watch everything Pixar ever made and we talk about what it means to us. I'm Mark Young, and as always, I'm joined by Danny Vincent, and Danny, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry. Why? Anyway, hello. What? I I am, I'm referring to the film that we watched, but never mind, I guess you're... Do you want to talk about your own thing?
1: Well, let me tell you something, Mark. There Mm -hmm. are days I really love our podcast, Mm
0: -hmm. especially
1: the detours. I think about Straster Specialten. I think about getting to finally watch John Carter. And then there are days like today where I realize I spent an hour of my day on stuff that I wish I didn't have to. Especially when I have this DVD copy of the game that's three weeks overdue from the library I still need to watch.
0: You mean you don't think Snow Day is a good use of your time? Do I? You think mean Snow watching is... everything that Pixar has ever produced is not a good use of your time?
1: You know... I think this is really interesting I would say one of these movies we watched today, I was fairly convinced that it was just like the same name as someone involved. So I went to the movie database, and created an entry for it. And sure enough, I discovered that most of the cast and crew were people who worked at Pixar. So, I guess it is indeed a Pixar-related project. And I want just... There's not just a guy with the same name as an Annie Award-nominated editor.
0: Mm-hmm. Well... <laughs> anyway... This I mean, was... there, were, there were cuts in that film.
1: But not edited by that guy, though. It's just directed by him. Anyway, Mm, for the listeners who might be confused, this episode is a detour! Alright,
0: it's a detour. We're going off the road. We gotta get excited. Severely
1: off-road.
0: Yes, because we are talking about two films that were made by people who will go on to direct Pixar shorts. They are Snow Day and Once Upon a Time in the West Oakland. And... I I mean I don't know I thought that Snow Day was a fine film if I like put it on at the uh, like the dentist office or something. I thought okay. these were What's... both
1: garbage. Now I Snow Day you're... I would okay. say Snow Day is a good film to put on at the dentist office though. Of course, referring to two thousand Snow Day, the Nickelodeon film where I haven't watched it ever all the way through. I've only ever seen it while flipping channels on Nickelodeon, seen like five minutes of it, and been like, oh. Okay, let's see what's on Disney mm-hmm. Channel. Uh, <laughs> but that seems like a fine movie to put on a dentist
0: office, sure. Um, this, I, this was I disagree. Less so. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you don't. I mean, you don't think that even. I. Don't, I just don't. I don't know. I'm always like baffled whenever it's something like this, where I'm like, I think this is no worse than a lot of the crap we watch. And then you're like, no, this has this harmed terrible. me personally. Why is it terrible? Why is this exceptionally bad?
1: Um, Because, let me tell you, Mark. Every year, since 2019, I think, maybe 2018. No, sorry, maybe 2020, but I think 2019. Every year, I make a point to take advantage of the fact that I live in Chicago. And I go see all the Oscar-nominated short films in theaters. And every year, I regret doing it. But I keep doing it anyway because I'm an addict to this, this thing where I can have a take on the Oscar shorts and they always <laughs> pick the wrong movie. Like, consistently, they almost always pick a film in my bottom two of the choices. And uh-huh. the reason I bring this all up is because I've seen plenty of good documentary shorts. I've seen plenty of bad documentary shorts nominated for the Oscar. And then the thing about all those shorts I've seen nominated for an Oscar is the sh- the longest a film can be to be nominated for a short film Oscar is 40 Minutes. And this is 57 minutes, and I feel like it should be 20 to be effective. There is so yeah. much in this film where I just was like, I don't know why we are caring about this particular scene. I think you have a ton of footage that you don't know what to do with, so you just put it all in here, and it's just meandering and dull. Um, yeah. so and that is my main issue going... with Snowden.
0: <laughs> yeah... I don't I mean that's, so our first film is Erica Milsom's Snow Day Erica Milsom would go on to direct Loop which I don't know if you've seen it recently Loop is also I'm really impressed by Loop but I think Loop let's is also the, kind let's of meandering The
1: Letterboxd score for Loop cuz I have not seen it I need these spark shorts since I they've initially put out
0: So you have seen Loop but you haven't like I gave it a 3 out of 5
1: it. in 2019
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm it's just an interesting film. Um it's uh it's about these kids that go on a canoe trip and one of them is autistic and uh nonverbal. And a lot of the film is from her perspective, and I don't know, I think that's interesting.
1: It looks like I saw this film the day I flew out to New York for Hades Town.
0: Hmm. Wow. So you weren't, like, moved enough to tell me about it, I guess, whenever uh, that happened. The review
1: was... Maybe I can wait for the loop-ups it is. I thought, it reads like the type of thing where I didn't like it, but I was happy that there was pre- representation for this type of person. Uh, but I was like, this is no emotional resonance for me.
0: It's... So, and then just, I guess, the last bit of background is that Erica Milsom, the director is someone who has directed a lot of the behind the scenes featurettes for including pixar. the turning
1: red one that will eventually cover because it is considered a you know because turning reds put on disney plus as a separate film as its bonus feature that means the bonus feature is a pixar film mm. so we will eventually talk about the bonus feature she directed which isn't a bonus feature because they put it up the day turning red came out
0: mm. so. well it's that's interesting how the vocabulary changes but Yeah,
1: streaming yeah. fucks it all up, basically. <laughs> streaming them, to be real. Disney Plus ruins it.
0: Well, I don't know. Times will change. You know, I saw a TikTok the other day that made me think that, like, you could do some really interesting narrative things on TikTok. And, I don't know, it's a little bit of a tangent to get into that. But just, like, the people... Someone really just was using the medium in a way that made me think of how originally short films looked like theater um and you know not all of them looked like plays but just like clearly using the language of a video diary or a short posted on tiktok to tell a new narrative story i was like oh my gosh tiktok could be a place for really interesting storytelling and not just kind of like gag shorts you know but anyway yeah that's kind of how I feel about Snow Day, but I I guess I'm a little more sympathetic to watching old people ski, which is what Snow Day is about. It's about watching old pe- an, a group of people who there are... There should have been more skiing
1: like, in this movie. There was barely any skiing. I, I feel like there should have been less skiing, skiing in
0: this movie. They should have like, a GoPro
1: and strapped it to one of the senior citizens.
0: They kind of did that. They should have done it more. There's some pretty impressive uh, footage shot from people who are skiing, but those are the cameramen. But um, I don't know. It's like a story about these people who are like 65 and up and their little ski group that meets every Wednesday and about how their aging affects their ability to hang out with their friends. And doesn't that sound like a nice little 20-minute short? But no, this one was like, 50 minutes I
1: posit, though, that also the way minutes. you're describing it is just... I don't know. I don't think that's what it's about. I think that would be what maybe, like, a more focused film could, like, bring out of it, but I don't think this movie's ever really about, like, it's a shame we can't hang out with our friends anymore. It's just talking about how they are old, and it's never really about their relationships to each other.
0: Yeah, I wondered feels like it's more that. segmented.
1: It's all... It, I'm talking about this. Okay, this is my thing going on in my life. This is the thing going on in my life. And it's like, no, you guys are all connected. Talk about each other. I had no perception of the Ming friends.
0: Yeah. To the end where they're like, we dedicated
1: this run to Roland.
0: Yeah. I kind of wondered like if it's because her dad is in the group that maybe she held back from exploring the dynamics, even though she does explore her dad's dynamics with one of the members who has, or he had like cerebral palsy or something. Um, Yeah.
1: Something that always gives me PTSD.
0: Uh, Oh, do you want to elaborate on that?
1: Sure, great. I've I've dropped like three baits of 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 detour to you, and you finally took one of them. I'm glad.
0: Well, we haven't like actually talked about what the film is yet, but we finally did it, so now we can talk about other things.
1: So, when I was in high school, I was in speech and debate, and there was a speech program called like an event called original performance, which is you wrote your own original thing. And yeah, and you performed it. I was really bad at this because I didn't know how to write plays yet. But my senior year, we teamed up with my friend Olivia. Uh, and we were like, let's work on this together to make something that we both want to do. And it's like, well, Olivia's good at drama. Danny's good at drama. Well, I, actually, that's the thing that I, I don't think people, people might be surprised to hear this. In high school speech and debate, I very rarely did humorous stuff because I'm not that in control of my body to be good at, like, the humorous stuff. So, mm-hmm. the way it would work more is, like, I would do something where i play one character the entire time and be very dramatic. Um, anyway. Um, so right now I'm gonna talk about some stuff that might come off as offensive, but I'm just telling you this is how Indiana speech and debate works. Is, there are basically, the way speech and debate works is that it's basically, like, Oscar bait. So it'd be, like, Danny, do you want to be a Holocaust survivor this year? Oh, sure. That sounds great. Uh, okay. Sure. Or Danny, do you want to be, like, the victim of, like, a tragic crime? Uh, recovering? Sure. That sounds cool. Do you want to be a serial killer? Maybe. Great. Like, my friend, I was talking to someone else about this recently. My, one of my good friends, Justin, uh, his senior, he did really great by doing a cutting of Sling Sling Blade which is the Billy Bob Thornton movie about a mentally handicapped man who's a murderer. Um, or RFK's memoir. Or um, my person who caused me great trauma that I've never gotten into this podcast that I'm not going to get into now because the story isn't about that. They did How I Learned to Drive, which Mark probably knows that play very well because it's a play I think we had to read in college. But
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: My point is, yeah. you can see where I'm going with this, like, all this stuff is very, like, oscar bait in a way. Um yeah. So, what we were going to do in our original performance of Olivia was, like, we were like, we are so tired of the Oscar-bait go-to in Speech and the Bait being mental handicapped person. Because uh, that is really what I constantly was seeing there.
0: I do and think, so, I, you know, I heard one time the terminology was disability. Not handicapped, and I don't remember why. You're fair. You're fair. I'm gonna put that out there.
1: All right, mental. Okay. The
0: word is disability that I just. I mean, unless you're like quoting the Indiana rules. No, I have to be clear.
1: I know, no, no, I have
0: to be clear. The difference we're we're talking about. What was that he just said?
1: No, 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 no. Because hold on, I want to close my door before I keep talking. Hold on.
0: (laughs) Okay, the dog can't know about you know, the, the dog's gonna come cancel Danny if you get some things wrong.
1: Alright, alright, hold on. Here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's why I push back against that, because I don't think they are the same thing, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe this is me being super problematic, is that when I was growing up, and this is something I don't ever really get on record on, because it's, it's a true thing that I feel like when you say it, people, like, act differently, but... I had something that was considered a, um, mental disability, and I don't think it's the same thing as being mentally handicapped. Now, maybe there is a different word to say it, but I do think there are different terminologies. That's my whole thing, is that I'm like, uh, I had a, no, I didn't, I had a learning disability, sorry. So maybe that is it, is that it's the difference between learning and mentally, but I feel like it's also like, oh, shoot, there's still slime on my arm. Um, (laughs) but that's, that's why I'm pushing back a bit here, as I'm like, uh... I don't know, because I don't think that's where I'm going with this, Mark.
0: <laughs> well, I'm. I. Unfortunately, I cannot quickly look up what the technical difference is. Um, all right, would you mind if I just, like, look this up so I know what I'm talking about?
1: I'm now looking at the. National Center on Disability and Journalism It's for a guide intended for journalists and the general public Terms to avoid I do not see the term mental I see mental disability is considered an acceptable term So that's what I'm going to use Because that's kind of my the, the story I'm trying to tell here Is that that is what was kind of overwhelming In the speech and debate realm with Stuff like that So we were like Well they want us to do this very like it's still, like, a very, here's the thing, this is kind of, I, I would still say this is a very, like, Oscar-bait, Green Book-esque story, mm-hmm. where we wrote, like, a ten-minute story about, like, Olivia was someone who discovered she had, like, she was adopted as a kid, and she found out that she had a brother, but the brother was someone with cerebral palsy, but it was, like, the whole point was, like, we want to do something with a physical disability, rather than a mental disability, because mental disabilities were all over speech and debate, mm-hmm. right? And we felt like it was something where this is something that could have been addressed that was never addressed anywhere. Anyway, I forget the reason I'm telling this story because you got me so sidetracked if you tell me I'm problematic for trying to push back over you calling, trying to loop me into a group that I'm not into. Even though I don't think you thought that's what you were doing.
0: Well, I mean, what, I don't even, I don't know your life. I thought I kind of was. Like, I I don't know, I I really, to me, it was one of those things where it's like, look, there are like tons of disabled people. They've done the research, this is what they want to be called, and I thought that's what I was putting out into the world. I didn't know that you, who say that you had a disability, don't want to be labeled among the disabled people. What do you mean? I don't
1: know what it was. I grew up with a learning disability. I don't know what it was because it's something that I air quotes graduated out of in second grade, even though it's big air quotes, because I still can't tie my shoes. I still have terrible handwriting. I'm still really bad at motor skills. I still can't tie like knots in general. So it's like this thing where they're like, yeah, you're out of it, Danny, but I don't think I ever actually am out of it because I clearly never learned the stuff that I should know.
0: Right. Well, if it's because of some like motor skill thing, that's like, well, that's, that's why that is, you know? It's just the way it is.
1: Anyway, but my point is, I couldn't... The whole thing here I'm talking about is like an Oscar bait area of speech in the bait. Okay. Right? And that was my point, is like, I'm talking about like the sling blades, the Forrest Gumps of the 90s that are Oscar bait. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay, great. We're on the same page here. Anyway, me and Olivia tried to do something that was about someone with cerebral palsy, where they were still very intelligent, still very, you know... It was just physical, right? And we did that, and we were really proud of it, but we had the unfortunate mistake of we were basically doing, um the way Speech and Debate worked was that um, you had a limited number of entries for your school, but then if you had people who wanted to compete more, you could enter them in as bonus things, and basically they would be on the B team that wouldn't ever be able mm-hmm. to place. So... When me and Olivia weren't memorized on it yet, we were put on that B team because we're like, we want to see how the writing is, right? We want to get feedback on the writing right now because no reason to memorize this if the writing isn't there. And unfortunately, there's a rule. I mean, it's not unfortunate. This is a rule that makes sense where you can't get judged by your own school unless, of course, you're on the B team because the B team means your school isn't, you know what I mean? Your school wouldn't be aligned with Mm -hmm. that team. You know what I mean? The judges for your school wouldn't be aligned with that team. Anyway, we got judged by Mr. Kelly, who was the head of speech and debate at the time at Chesterton, which was where I went to school, and he gave the note that it'd be much better if Danny was dealing with an intellectual disability rather than fully, rather than being fully like on the level of Olivia's character, and it was in fact worded like that in that problematic mm. way, and. It was something where, you know, when you get the note from the guy in charge of everything, you're kind of screwed because you can't really not take it, you know? And it was like, well, shit. Because that's the whole reason we went into this thing is we wanted to make something about, like, a physical disability like cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. And anyway, that's what popped in my head when I heard about cerebral palsy. Because I was like, I did a lot of work into like, nailing the physical attributes of that for speech and debate, which is probably problematic in its own way. But, Mm -hmm. yeah. Then I got screwed over and I had to do a couple weeks of doing a thing that neither Olivia wanted to do because we thought it was offensive and then we just dropped mm. it. That's my story.
0: Well, that's so, so that's what you mean is you, <laughs> when you say you have, and it's
1: oh a different problem that, that wasn't as problematic in 2014 or 2013
0: whenever I did mm-hmm. this. Well, I just, so that's what you mean is like, you don't, you don't like to bring it up because it reminds you of that what like Bring the a topic what? that is cerebral palsy because you said it gave sure. you ptsd and then now you were... i'm
1: bothered that i've admitted my my not now this is the first time ever on any of my podcasts i've admitted my my uh learning disability growing up and here it is because i was arguing with you over terminology <laughs> not because it was like a big emotional moment it was because i was arguing over terminology well,
0: that's problematic if you're about. cool with it i think that's actually a that's actually kind of a, a good thing to put out into the world, you know?
1: I mean, sure. I just thought it'd be more like a like emotional thing where it's like, yeah, growing up I had to be taken out of my classes to go to therapy to learn how to like hold a pencil mm. and stuff like that. But no, it was just like, no, fuck <laughs> you, Mark. Don't, don't lump me in. <laughs> don't, don't lump all this together as one big well, thing. <laughs>
0: they are different things. Well, this is the same note that we gave to Snow Day <laughs> Is we gotta cut this shit down? We gotta focus this. So if it just comes out fast and angry, that that might be better, you know. Sure. But, okay. I mean, well, I don't know. It's just, it's it's just part of it, you know. That's what I don't know. I get once again, part of it. Thank you for sharing. Do, 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 I feel do, like do, you you did tell do, me about do, that do, at, at some point, oh. and I I kind of like filed that away because it was such a. Do you want to talk about it now? Or not really?
1: I mean I don't know not really but now I'm thinking about it, it's like I don't know it's weird because it's like I don't really consider it to be a big thing like a disability really mm. at all cuz who gives a shit Well I guess so I guess um, that's what my question is It's weird is. though cuz like... it's like it's something where it's weird specifically cuz at work I'm not going to use any specific examples obviously of people but there have been moments where like you know a coworker will like crack a joke about like like um like a kid not being able to tie their shoe and I'll just like be like well I can't do that either and they'll be like, ha you're joking, right? And then, like, my boss will come in, no, he's not, and it's okay, because I made the mistake of telling her about this, and now she thinks it's, like, a big <laughs> struggle of mine. No, he's and not, I'm and just,
0: it's like, okay. It's
1: better not to make it, like, a big deal. <laughs> it's literally just, a kid walks me, can you have my shoe? I go, no, go ask someone else. <laughs> it literally just comes down mm. to that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it's- that's, <laughs> it's just I, like, I like imagining your boss yeah. up um, here. but yeah, I mean, well that's I I know that it's not a huge deal. I guess that's my question is like earlier I thought I annoyed you when I lumped I didn't I didn't think I was using the term disability and then you were like, "Don't put me in that category." And I'm I'm not totally clear on what what that meant or, or what was going on there. Because then we went on another tangent.
1: Because I feel like uh, I feel like I don't know, I don't even know what it was about anymore. I just mm. felt like it was very weird to be like, "Yes, this is a disability." I, mean, I, I don't,
0: don't, know. I don't know terminology. I do, I, well, I truly, I let me go back to the let me go.
1: Let, you know, I should go back to the journalist site to make sure um, I'm not being crazy. The websites are really annoying. Maybe I am unhelpful. being an awful person. I mean, I don't
0: even know. I just it was like. Hey, hey man, I we're throwing around words and just as the AP style book doesn't ask you to do much research into why these things are the way they are, I'm just like, I'm being your AP style book reminder. And then you were like, No, don't don't do that to me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So and I also don't mind you telling me off. Um, but I just i think i think it was an interesting take to be like don't lump me in in with these this group of people because i'm different but now i'm realizing that i may have either misheard you or that's not what you meant or whatever
1: it does look like the journalists association does indeed say avoid the word handicap Mm -hmm. although i do want to point out the journalism thing also says in 2009 the writers of glee Introduced the term, handicap-capable. <laughs> um, this is not generally accepted. I'm like, okay.
0: That's, I'm Well, that's some good journalism. They said it's not generally accepted.
1: Yeah, so maybe I was problematic, but I also think...
0: Well, that's okay. Uh, I just... that's That was me trying to be like, hey man, think about what the people who wrote that thing about Glee would say. And now here we are. But anyway, snow day... Not super compelling. This- Bad. Bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of meandery. and I don't, I don't feel like uh, Erica really follows threads like we just did. Uh, whenever she encounters something that might be contentious with any of her subjects, it is like you said, it's just a little hour-long parade of now this thing happened, now this thing happened, and oh my. My partner died a while back, and that sucks. Now I'm skiing again, and the music is happy. And now it's like, now I've got pancreatic cancer, but now the music's happy again. And it's like, it's just kind of that for an hour. Part of what bugged yeah. me is that it's clearly shot over multiple days. Like, it's not, it's not really compelling to say that it is one snow day. Because there's the one day when they're filming when the weather's shit, and then there's the one day when the weather's clear, and it's like, so, what's going on here, you know? I
1: just think it's a garbage piece of shit.
0: Is there a reason you feel that strongly? Like, were you not also making a giant pot of minestrone while you watched?
1: No, I was trying to stay awake, and I kept falling asleep during it, and forcing myself back up. And... I just found it so... Actually, you know what? We didn't mention this. This is actually the big problem with Snow Day, and I would say maybe it's the same issue with the other one, but the other one at least has the excuse of, like, just feeling like a student production, whereas this feels like it's trying to be something professional. Uh, The sound mixing this is horrendous. There are moments where they like put up the subtitles because they're like, you might not be able to hear this and it will sound exactly the same as the rest of the film. So I'm just like, something wasn't wrong here that you thought that this scene needed subtitles and you didn't think the entire thing needed subtitles. Yeah,
0: I will say you, I couldn't remember what you said about these directors when, you know, you ended the last episode, which was yesterday. And so I went and looked it up and I was like, oh, well, this is a pretty impressive student film. And then it was like, uh, Eric and Milsum joined Pixar as a behind-the-scenes director in like 2002, and then this came out in 2015, and it's like, hmm. But
1: this is this makes sense, so I do think this is actually like it's much more professional than the other thing we, we watched for this. Well, episode. it is,
0: but I don't. I don't know. I didn't. Why don't you give us the background on that other guy?
1: Wait, no, no, no. no. I don't want. Okay, do okay. well, never mind I then. Let's I have more things to say. Forget that thing about him.
0: I have more things okay. to say about
1: Snowda. I also have something to say as a follow up because you said we recorded the last episode yesterday which I think mm-hmm. is really funny.
0: That's hilarious.
1: Cuz here's a works here's a work mm-hmm. story. For you that's a follow up to last week where we kept saying they're <laughs> praising Bolt so much but no one talks about Bolt today.
0: Oh my god.
1: Um and today at work one of my coworkers was like, "What's that movie with like the white dog who's like really cute and he has like a lightning bolt on him?" And I'm like, "Bolt." And the, I was like, "It's Bolt." And then they're like, oh, and then everyone was like, that was my first crush when I was a child. And then me and the other co-worker immediately like walked away because we had no idea dog? how to respond to that. <laughs> yes. We're like, that dog
0: was my first crush. Oh, okay. Like, okay. That's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Was this person like our age?
1: Uh, Probably like five years oh, younger
0: okay. Because my my main my main thing about that story was that if they're our age, they like, well, they they like didn't have a crush until they saw Bolt, and it was like, really, you were um, when when did Bolt come out? You're like 16, not crushing on anybody, and then the animated dog that people Bolt dealt. didn't come out when we were 16. When did Bolt come out?
1: Have I not told my Bolt story on this podcast? Well, we're
0: never going to watch Bolt, so you might as well. Back when I was in middle school. Okay, so not 16. (laughs) So maybe I'm wrong. This person could totally have a crush around that time.
1: I was at... Well, let me tell you a story that's tangential to this. About the time I cyberbullied someone. Which was... I worked for the school newspaper in middle school, and have I told you this story before? Jonathan?
0: No, I'm I'm just like, I'm just... <laughs> laughing at
1: the term I worked for the school. No, newspaper. no, no, I'm I'm laughing because <laughs> Not, I'm like, I, I was if in I, school I
0: new... if I interject here, can I make you start a new story? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, no, go on with the cyberbullying.
1: When I was in middle school, uh, I was in newspaper. And I wrote a, you know, movie reviews, because that's that's who I am. And there was someone else there who wrote an article every month about how Twilight was the best book ever. And I'm a jerk middle schooler. I see this, go home and record with my friend uh, a live reading of this to put on YouTube where it's like, Twilight, the best book ever and i basically talked like that for like four minutes um and i did it with my friend who was in newspaper so of course he's watching it again in the middle of newspaper class and the person who wrote this article sees it along with the teacher and the person who wrote the article walks up and kicks me in the balls and it really hurts And my teacher's like yeah you deserve that and i was like i did you know it hurts just like they did that's, so- that's pretty
0: hardcore of them
1: Anyway, that same teacher, this is this is set up to the story. Um, even though it's really just set up to like a after credit scene to the story. Where that year, she was also my English teacher. The, like the newspaper supervisor was also my English teacher. And we were going to go, we, I lived right by an IMAX, which is really cool. And for Christmas, we were going to go, because we read the Nutcracker, we were going to go watch the IMAX Nutcracker movie. And we went. But when we arrived, we found out that the thing had frozen over the uh, I the story projector oh but did i tell the post credit scene sorry that i
0: forgot LeBolt's story not you but uh okay tell the But did tell i the...
1: tell the the, the post credit scene might be new post credit okay. scene might be new Mark. I was right i never did the twilight build up i never did the twilight build up before i just remember on the way home mrs Clint Daniel turning to me and going like i wish new moon wasn't rated pg13 cuz that's what i was pushing mm. for she wanted me to watch Twilight.
0: Twilight's a great movie. New Moon. I've mm. seen it.
1: Yeah. That's my bold story. That I apparently Twilight's a good movie. Alright, the other thing we talked about this time in this episode is the absolutely incredibly maybe the clunkiest title we've ever had to say on this podcast. Once upon a time in the West Oakland. Yeah. When it should just like in the immortal words of Jay Timberlake's um that was my michelle williams impression drop the the it's cleaner Mm -hmm. should just be west oakland in west
0: oakland yeah Yeah, i mean nothing about this film i don't know this film might be hilarious because i this film
1: you can't hear half the
0: dialogue i don't know
1: but unlike the other one where it's like there's clearly an issue with sound mixing. In this case I just feel like they did not they don't have sound too. I mix. will
0: say just to go back to Snow Day, give it one piece of credit, I do have the note that it is really impressive that they were able to get the dialogue clean that they were when everyone is out on the mountain skiing. Like, even though the mixing is bad, the audio Itself is really clean.
1: We want to talk about accessibility options. The fact that neither of these are available on Vimeo of sub- subtitles is infuriating, specifically because they've been uploaded by, like, the director in one case and the producer in the other, so there's no reason these shouldn't
0: have captions as options. Well, don't they have, like, 15 views each or something like that?
1: I think Snow Day has a. You no, know, actually, Snow Day only has 100. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. Uh, and I'll open up West. The West Oakland, mm-hmm. sorry. Wow, the West Oakland has more, but it's probably because snow days way mm-hmm. longer. Hey, that means one of us was probably the hundredth view on snow day. Oh wow! <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Erica just got the email about Congrats us. Congrats on making. <laughs> Congrats! Your video just reached. <laughs> we should we should leave a comment, and then she'll like have not remembered she set up her Vimeo account to receive comments on her videos, and then she'll get this <laughs> thing.
1: We should comment on both of these videos and just be like, Hey, you want to hear us talk about this podcast? It's on a podcast. Come here. It's just trashing trashing. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's, it's a shame (laughs) with all of these like small things where I'm like, Oh, well, Madeline, uh, Sharafian kind of made it big. So she doesn't want to talk to us. And then all these people who, you know, are kind of where they have always been. I mean, to my knowledge, um, That's actually not even true because Madeline Sharafian is, like, in terms of work made in the exact same place as these other people. It's just that we loved Omelette and all of her movies. But, um, I don't know. I forget where I was going with that.
1: Once upon a time in the West Oakland, what compels someone to walk, not walk away, but take a break from their editing job, editing films like Up!, Inside Out and eventually Soul. Because this was probably made during the time Inside Out was in deep editing. So what compels someone to, ah, it's my weekend. I get a break. I'm going to go shoot a bizarrely, (laughs) I'm going to go shoot a western in West Oakland that is incredibly, like, what? Like, like, I'm just at a loss of, like, what the motive is here in making this. It does not seem like a fun time.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, you don't know his life. He could be any number one of a bunch of characters. And he has this deep Western story in his back pocket that he wants to get out in the world about how sometimes you can walk into a bar and then steal a character's girlfriend, but she was your girlfriend, but then she's not anymore because you don't want to be with her anymore because maybe she was with the mayor or that bad guy. I think the bad guy's name was the mayor. It
1: is. As I said, after this was done, I went and put it up on Letterboxd. And it was that everyone involved in this basically works at Pixar. couple, like most of the actors are animators or like people like that, which makes sense why like the mayor has such a good voice, but like absolutely no presence beyond Mm -hmm. that. Cause I feel like he's probably one of the people who does scratch voices at Pixar. I have no evidence on this. I'm just kind of assuming because most of the animators at Pixar do scratch voices too.
0: So yeah, um, you know I will say we but... didn't watch that live action movie that Teddy Newton did, but like maybe that was of similar quality. And like I don't know, I th- I think that maybe we're being very hard on this, but maybe a lot of live action Pixar outings are similar. You know,
1: John Carter is much better than this film. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, it's I mean it's not it's <laughs> not hard to be better than this film. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there is yeah, anything good about this like, movie. I, I, I'm just saying that, like... It's
1: easier for me to be mean to Snow Day, because Snow Day feels salvageable. This just feels like a...
0: Oh, okay, so this is like... W- like, like, what if I... Like, guys, I want to make a the short film. of my
1: student films. Yeah. And my student films aren't mm-hmm. great, but they are better than this. Right uh yeah i mean i think um, so. it's
0: it's kind of hard to compare this to our own things because i think that we have much more of an emotional connection we, to them have, so i don't actually know if that's true yeah, that's fair. because i've definitely made like, things worse
1: yeah, we, i even think though like about like stuff i saw in college that i didn't like and how they would still like like i'm gonna i hate to be like this is like very like um that drill tweet where it's like you have to hand it to isis Please but, explain uh, how
0: this is like the drill treat that's like you have to hand it to ISIS.
1: <laughs> well, I feel like this reminds me of, there was a, a really toxic, maybe Mark disagrees, but I think it was toxic, Um, registered student organization at our, our thing, our college. That I'm going to say the name of him, Mark can bleep it if he doesn't want it on the record, called mm-hmm. MCM. Um, where I feel like this has all the hallmarks of one of their productions, but I still found and I found all of their productions to be at best hopelessly mediocre, usually terrible, but I still found those better made than this. I still Mm. (laughs) Like they they hit the hallmarks more clearly, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I mean like it's it's just hard. Like The
1: base level I feel
0: like in all of the years we were there like, there were... And, and, you know, we're talking now about people we know that have made movies. I don't know if anyone in all of those years made a good movie that I saw, you know? Like... Well,
1: one of them did, but that's just because he was a cool guy who, like, hijacked embassy to see him to make a movie. And that movie's titled Marvin. Is... It stars Me.
0: Is... Which, what Which one is that? Is that the one... Where you're a raccoon? I actually
1: don't know if that was MCM, but he used a lot of MCM crew and mm. stuff. And Dan came up through MCM.
0: I don't know. It's just, we gotta remember that, like, people are students, and you're also not, like, you. there's but there's not like a... These people and are And there's students. not, like, a mentorship program, so you didn't have anyone with know-how, like, telling you that your film was bad or good, you know? So...
1: Mark, my whole point here is, though, is that these are better than this one that these professionals made. That's my point that I'm trying to yeah, make Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: I'm just, like, you know, I don't know. You sent me off on my own thing where I was, like, having a bad memory. But, um, yes. I am, I'm, well, why, why is it on our list?
1: Because it's directed by a guy who eventually makes a short film for Pixar. Probably because he realizes that making this is, like, this probably isn't my thing. And it's worth noting, Kevin Nolting, the director, is only a co-director on this. The other one is someone who I can't find any information on named Samantha Wilson. Maybe I should check IMDb. I checked everywhere except IMDb. Except Which probably place. isn't the best idea.
0: Yeah. Samantha Wilson is going to be like first AD on Avatar 2 or something like that. And you'll be like, god damn.
1: She's a Pixar person too. I should have assumed. Assistant director on a couple TV shows. One of them's a movie titled Broken Arrows.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, but I mean, anyway. So this is a, just some person we're never really gonna talk about. But yeah, I don't know. Well, she's okay. She's
1: she's a story manager. She did a couple art stuff on Robot Chicken, but she's a story manager on Toy Story Four, and has done a lot of additional crew around Pixar. So, actually, this is really interesting. Sorry, I don't want to say this about her. She starts in craft services for Wally and Up. But then she gets on Pixar's, like, production coordinating team for Day and Night in La Luna. Huh. I think that's interesting that she moved up from craft services to work in the yeah. studio. Well, I mean, I that's, that's worth I mean, it's such a,
0: that's, like, a totally different, that's, that's, like, a whole different job. That is really interesting.
1: She also, actress, she was in an episode of Queer as Folk in 2005. And it looks like she had a short film that she did, like, outside of Pixar before going to mm-hmm. Pixar. Oh! This is a short film we probably almost had on our list, but I just couldn't find it. Because it's directed by someone who eventually directs another yeah. Pixar short. Um, but yeah. Andrew Jimenez. Mm. So, yes. Um, but I believe I just couldn't find the film. Oh! He directed One Man mm. Band. So. Okay. Yes. But I believe this film, Calendar Conflation, I just could not find it. So we never got gotcha. you. Well, it. Well. Because I'm sure I noticed it when I was well, looking
0: Well, that's fine. It's just. I I don't know, I kind of forget where we were going with all of that. But, anyway, this is a baffling film about a cowboy comes into town and then leaves, and then it just seems like a huge step backwards from where they were as a group of people who make movies, you know? It really is just like, how did this happen? I
1: I don't want to bag too long up. I really don't think there's much to say about Once Upon a Time in the West, though, because it's really just... What did we just watch? How is this on our list? Are we sure everyone involved with this works at Pixar, and then you cross check the entire crew and you find out they all did, and then you just get even mm-hmm. more confused. My name I mean, okay, there's a lot of things wrong in the short, but I want to point out this big thing to me, because if you are... And Annie, you know, I keep saying this, I haven't actually checked. I just assume he's an Annie Award nominated um, editor because of what he's edited. And I feel like the Annie Awards, if they have editing awards, they would obviously just nominate Soul on site. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. He's won three Eddies, which is the American Association of Editors. He's won three of Mm -hmm. them because he won the animated future editing award for Up, Inside Out and Soul. He's won two Annies for Soul and Inside Out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know?
1: How in this film that he directs is there a scene where we see a character plant a kiss on someone, we linger on the lipstick, and in the next shot, the lipstick is gone, and then we cut back to a close-up and the lipstick is back? How does this happen? how does this editor not know based in continuity that, rules
0: oh is that what he did with her lips he wiped off the lipstick I thought he just kind of like rubbed his thumb over like in breathless it's there I don't know if he
1: what, I can't even remember if he brushes his arm or not I just remember that it's there in the close up after he gets kissed he kind of like gloats about being kissed we cut back to the reaction shot then there's like a two shot where he's like from behind it's clearly not there and then there's another close up where you can see where the lipstick was and it's just like what yeah. happened? Like, how did no one see that? Maybe they didn't have research available. He's an editor. He should be aware of this stuff.
0: Yeah, i well, who knows? <laughs> he might
1: be an animation editor, but he's still yeah, an editor. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. This, this ha- this gives me memories, you know, of doing short films for people. Like, you can even kind of tell that these people are the same kind of like type of person that you'd see in real life and be like you would be the villain in this short and like you would be the love interest and then they get on camera and they're like not really right for that so it gives it i'm bizarre you know i feel weird because we have to watch it but like this is just the kind of thing that people make all the time and i don't know why we're watching it I want to go very quickly through the live action
1: films this man has helped edit, okay? He's never been a I, full I editor for fruitful. a live action film. I I think
0: we know that he's full child's I'm, play. I'm no this. The Naked
1: Gun 2! He edited Indecent Proposal.
0: He edited Hold Naked. Hold on, I want to get too? to
1: one one big one. Shanghai Noon, The Insider. He's worked with Michael Mann's editing team.
0: I'm on The Insider no less.
1: Also, I want to point out we do have an upcoming detour that I'm very interested in because it looks like it's a narrative short by Erica Milsom that's edited by this guy.
0: <laughs> so... And it's 11 minutes long, Is that, so... Is that, um, the color yellow or something? So much oh, yellow, okay. yes. Well, looking forward so, to that.
1: Anyway, I don't think there's much to say about this, yeah, sadly. You could,
0: you could, like, look up any... Like, this was our recent submission for the Bumfuck Shorts Festival... Featuring my friend, Stan, or something like that. And I love it when people make these kinds of movies. But if we're gonna watch it in a series of shorts where we talk about things like, you know, Wally or whatever, it's... You know, I don't know these people. Do you have anything that you... I don't want to make this an episode about not these things, because I'd actually like to wrap up soon... But is there anything that we haven't talked about in a while that has been bugging you related to Pixar that we need to address? Because we were, like, so this is episode two, newly recorded, well it's actually, it's like episode three now. Does it
1: have to be related to Pixar because you still haven't dropped your Oppenheimer take? Or do we save that for the Christmas special? is
0: our Christmas special finally... Oh well we had a Barbenheimer episode. No, we're not doing
1: an Oppenheimer episode. Right, the Christmas. third
0: time we do a Barbie Oppenheimer episode, it's for Christmas. No, we I will say that we decided recently, or you know, we're not going to intentionally watch bad films anymore when we have a free spot in the lineup. So all of our holiday specials will be actually I good mean, films.
1: We well, okay, here's the thing. Yes, but Holy For example, shit. one thing, we're not Trump saying this card. or not. We were considered... <laughs> did I tell you the story about kids at work? Okay, let me tell you. This is a cute story. I did it. Uh, what? Did I
0: tell you The story? No, no, no. You didn't tell me the story.
1: I was trying to teach kids improv. And I was teaching about the principle of yes and. And one kid misunderstood it in the funniest way possible. Where it would always be like someone walks up and be like your cat got loose. And their response would be, yes, and? (laughs) (laughs) And I always was like, that's the way it's just say
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. But anyway, you were saying. Yeah, it
1: really great. Um... Well, I was pushing back because, like, one thing I know, we're not saying we're doing this or not, and I don't. I think we landed on not doing this. But, like, for example, Frozen was in contention for one of these episodes, and I personally, I think, if we did a Frozen episode, I'd be pretty negative on the film throughout it,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I don't. So, That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I don't actually. We're not gonna watch movies though,
1: like Norma the North, for example. Yeah.
0: Well, we talked about like after we didn't come out of Norma the North thinking there was something worth talking about, and yet we had to record an episode talking about it. And it wasn't as bad as everyone who didn't listen thought it was. But, like, not a pleasant experience doing it.
1: Yeah, doing a bad movie podcast about, like, say... Doing a podcast about planes, right? Like, that's enough punishment for itself. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the stuff we gotta do is punishment. So there's that. So. Uh, I had a good time at Oppenheimer, even though I think it is, like... You know, it's dumb, and it's still like a goofy Nolan movie. But I think I had a I had a better time than other people did. I'm like, I'm net positive on Oppenheimer, you know.
1: Are you rooting for Killing Murphy at the Oscars?
0: No, I've already forgotten about him as... I mean, he did a great job, but like...
1: Who are you rooting for?
0: I don't know. Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper? <laughs> the winner is By Nose. Oh my gosh. Bradley Cooper. I'm so glad that you stole a joke from Twitter. Um,
1: I mean, I've I've heard I've been making that joke since the, the first image came out. I've I've heard about, I've known about the buy a nose thing for years. You know it's like a reference to like 2002, right? What? So, Nicole Kidman won best actress for, I believe, The Hours. Hmm. And the reason I say I believe The Hours is I'm 100% sure now it's The Hours because I always mix it up with The Others, which is a horror movie because The Others and The Hours have very similar titles. Mm-hmm. But the thing in that movie, she had this gigantic prosthetic nose, and Denzel, when he read the um the envelope, he goes, "And the winner is by a nose." <laughs> Nicole Kidman, the hours.
0: Well, okay.
1: <laughs> so imagine Michelle Yeoh doing that at the Oscars next year, voting Denzel.
0: Lamau. Well, anyway, I guess we we can wrap it up. So nope okay we had
1: one other thing to talk about oh that's
0: right we have to talk about um we would like for people to leave positive reviews on the podcast if they enjoy it but we found out that that is very complicated so danny is here to try to simplify it it,
1: so here's what i found out is that on spotify you can rate us i don't know if it actually helps at all Mm -hmm. on apple podcasts it helps a ton with the algorithm if you rate us five stars we pop up more quickly if someone searches pixar podcast right Mm -hmm. and if you write a review obviously that will also help us too so what we were going to do beforehand on the podcast we said we're gonna do this and i want us to do it still is that if you write a review for us and it doesn't even have to be a five star you can write us a one-star review we'll read your review on the air okay Okay. We'll check before every episode of the recording to see if we have a new review, and if so, I will read them on the air. And so I'm going to read two reviews we've got over the last two years.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
1: And well, actually, they both from earlier this year. First okay. one is very quick. It's from August 10th, 2023, it's by Joe T- Jotes 623. The subject of the review is bringing the games back. Five stars. Do it. Not... That one is from May 29th, 2023. Okay. It's from her story. Uh, 52. Uh, the subject title is a thorough look at some dot dot dot, which means probably I open this on like desktop and tell me what the subject title is, but am <laughs> not gonna do that. I said I'd read your review, not your subject title all the way.
0: Um, <laughs> it sounds... Five stars. They just let use what? the very passive-aggressive subject title.
1: Five stars. Great mix of film analysis and personal perspective. Entertaining and insightful in turn with a dynamic, freewheeling flow to the conversation. Excellent roster of guests as well. I appreciate how they contextualize Pixar's movies in a broader history of animation filmmaking in a way that highlights their continuity with that tradition and what makes their own variation on those norms so special. So Great. thank you to both jote 623 and HerStory52 for these takes. I really appreciated that last review. Yes. And I appreciated the first review because I we should bring back the games. Do it! No, <laughs> Do it.
0: they're awful. <laughs> all right, on here. Hope that whoever
1: wrote that review appreciated the Femtober game that I made them ever into.
0: I hope they did. It's probably. I mean, I bet it's the person that was like, "Thank God the games came back to you" in that one <laughs> message you shared with me. Um, oh, that
1: wasn't. Um, it wasn't. That, I'm pretty sure this is a person. I think I told you there was a friend of mine who told me they binged all these episodes. With, like, their brother on a road trip, a lot of episodes. And when they hit the point, the game's only their brother was like,
0: Where'd they go? <laughs> That's <laughs> the best part of the show. <laughs> so I think it's that guy. <laughs> I'm, but it can't happen. You know, I really like structure, but it's just like.
1: Well, I think the games were good, but it's okay.
0: Well, you can have an entire podcast where you ask people to think of the movie title that you're thinking of. And it can be an hour what and a half long. What movie title am
1: I thinking of right now, Mark? Can no. You yes. I can't believe
0: I opened this can of worms. Because. Well,
1: Mark, let me tell you, the movie title I'm thinking of is actually our next
0: episode. Oh, my gosh.
1: Uh, <laughs> I didn't catch on to that's what I was trying to do. No. <laughs> exact... No, because I can't read your
0: mind, and that's what the whole <laughs> issue is. So, today we talked about.
1: An hour-long film and then a five-minute long film. So an hour and five minutes of content. Next week we're talking about one six-minute long short, which is something we haven't done in a while. But it's a very, very infamous short film on Pixar. Very hated. And we're gonna open up the book on that to see if it's got good reasons to be hated, if it's got bad reasons to be hated. And we're gonna bring on a guest for it, just because this is a this I, I don't wanna I I am overhyping it a bit, but this is a short film that caused so much discourse. So we have to talk about it mm-hmm. and that is the short film that played in inside out and it's lava we're having julius jefferson return to the show to break down lava and discuss it in depth i have a dream that I hope will come true that episode that episode next week well, will be longer than this poo
0: great great reference to now that lava, we're going to try for it but people will know what that means and it was beautifully written all right, uh, and on uh, a lot of shows, um, they like to give films things like thumbs up or stars. <laughs> but, I forgot about
1: that. Yeah, so I
0: jumped ahead anyway. Well, you know, the other reason I wasn't like on the same page as you is I was like ready to do that thing. We give we give films things, so you know what I'm I'm going to give these films the same thing. And I'm going to give them what I always give films when I can't think of what to give them. I'm going to give them the last thing that I cooked. And that is, is a... Soup,
1: you've been talking about this entire episode.
0: <laughs> Shh. The, the big pot of minestrone that's waiting for me <laughs> when we finish. It's been cooking for three hours.
1: Well, I was tempted... All right, here, here, Here's what I'll tell you what I was tempted. Well, actually, you know what? I, I'm going to go back to my original thought on what I'm going to give it, but I'm going to give you what my second nicer thought was, is I'm going to give Snow Day, like, a Netflix dump, because I feel like it's the type of thing that I could see people just scrolling past on Netflix thinking it's the Nickelodeon movie, and being like, oh, this is neat, and they'll watch it, and they'll be like, oh, well, that was actually kind of cute, and then I'd give Once Upon a Time in the West Oakland, like, a removal of the the, so it's a little less embarrassing, Mm -hmm. um, but instead, I'm going to give both of them copies of Nickelodeon movies. The first of which, Snow Day is obviously going to get a copy of Snow Day, which I've never seen. But then Once Upon a Time in the West Oakland's going to get a pirated copy of the Nickelodeon movie that came out last week in 50 theaters, which I think is very impressive to dump a movie in 50, an animated movie in 50 theaters made by Nickelodeon Studios that was made for theatrical release. It's titled Under the Boardwalk. It stars Michael Cera and is written by Lorene Scaffaria, who is the person who created, directed Hustlers um oh cool it uh yes this is a movie that i believe was finished in it was uh i don't know it's been finished for a while i think uh and it was just released in some theaters last week and it's gonna be on vod uh on november 7th so definitely by the time this episode's out um it's the type of movie that apparently is so bad they like you remember that movie that came out last year Pause of fury the legend of hank so that was, I believe, was supposed to be direct to video, and this was supposed to be in theaters, and they switched them. <laughs> so if <laughs> <Wow. laughs> you've seen the draw, you're in Legend Bank. It's a movie starring Kiki Palmer, Michael Sarah, and probably the reason it's being dumped is that uh Russell Brand is in it. <laughs> which is um uh Bobby Cannibal's in it. Uh yeah. This is a movie. Mm. But yeah, uh I'm going to give that a pirated DVD copy because I don't think it's ever going to get physical media. And once upon a time in the West Oakland crew can watch it and be like, you know, we didn't know how good we had working on Inside Out that we could have been working on this instead. Mm -hmm. Anyway.
0: Anyway, Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. Show is edited by Mark Young. Our original artwork was designed by Sarah Knoff. Follow
1: us on, on Facebook at Looking for the Ocean. Instagram at Looking for the Ocean pod. And Twitter at Pixar Journey. And on our website, Looking for the Ocean Pixar. Doc
0: Com. You can follow me on MarkYoungPerformer.com. It has my socials. Thank you to people who came to my reading, which as of this re- recording is this Friday, but will have happened last week. And my next thing will be in the middle of December, unless I've picked up something else for uh, November by the time this episode comes out. Follow me,
1: do any events, and I'm playing against the letterbox. box of our podcast is the what we're talking about who's the most Oscar novels, but no ones.
0: I don't know.
1: This episode was devastating to me in a lot of ways. (laughs) (laughs) This is a hard one. This is very hard to get through. (laughs) It's this this joke? This is... This...